Man, this morning was just, hmm, how can I say it? I'm so glad that we're starting to catch the spirit of praise. There's something about praise that is, hmm, it's different from worship. Something about praise that you need in your life. I know often when we're, um, when we're in, in, the God, in God's presence, it's, it's like we want to we wanna grow into that place of just quiet, you know, um, reflection and maybe even prayer and uh, uh, speaking heart issues with God and maybe say the things that we need to be saying to him about you know stuff that we missed or or, or, or asking personal things and, and those are awesome awesome moments I I love those moments when you can literally feel like you're talking to him like the Bible says about Moses he spoke to God face to face um, and he walked with God shoulder to shoulder. I've always had that as a desire. As I could, I want to serve God. I want to see him. I want to speak with him face to face and, and walk with him shoulder. In, in fact, one of the words in the Bible um, that is translated as worship uh, is actually the word uh, proskuneo. And that word literally means to approach for a kiss. Isn't that amazing? That when we worship God, when he says, worship the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, he's literally saying, come close. Come close. You need, you, need, you, need to, you need to smell that breath. You're not close enough if you can't smell the breath. Right? That's when you really start knowing a person, right? Come on now. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Don't talk out of the bedroom. Okay, this is church. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God wants us to literally feel so close to Him that we can speak with Him as we speak with a friend. And those are awesome moments. And don't, don't ever relent of that pursuit of drawing closer to God and getting to know Him on a more intimate level. Um, and, uh, and yet there's something about praise that opens up things in our lives. There's something about praise that is needed for breaking through into stuff. There's something about praise that is powerful that if you go without it, it makes whatever else you have, just that little harder. It's like praise punches through and then worship can enter in. But sometimes it's like we're stuck in that place where we just don't feel that, am I connected to God? Do I even, do I even know what it means to worship and experience this intimacy that the God there is talking about? You need to start at a place of praise. And I want to speak about praise today because if we don't start with praise, it's like, we, it's like we miss that part of breaking through, breaking out of what we're currently facing, currently dealing with. And, and, and in the back of our minds, we're still kind of, um, um, not obsessed, but um, occupied. Or, you know, we're busy thinking about all of that. And we've not kind of transferred our attention really to the one whom we're addressing. And praise helps you make that transition and helps you make that shift. And we need that shift because if you're truly going to trust God in this life, you need to truly see Him. You need to see Him for who He really is. We don't live in a, in a, in a, in a, in a world that, you know, that is sensitive to our feelings, that's sensitive to our, our values and our opinions and our preferences. No, it's not. It's actually hostile to it, says the Bible. And so we need a real God that has the ability to help us walk through reality, walk through real life. The Christian walk is not a airy-fairy walk where you're so heavenly-minded that you actually never really know how to live it out in reality. In fact, it is so seated in reality that you need to be able to see the true God for who He is and what His role and His kingdom is trying to achieve in this life if you are going to walk the life that He has called you to walk. So we've been talking about a posture of praise. And during our 21 days of prayer, that's our theme we, we're running with. And every day we'd have a little Devo time. And, and tomorrow evening again, we'll have about a hour, half hour to three quarters of an hour on Facebook Live where we'll be, we'll be broadcasting prayer and we'll be joining and receiving prayer. And so do come and sign up for it. Sign into it. Just Even if you sign in for 15 minutes, you 
pray with us for a little bit and you get off. You don't have to stay the whole thing, but I am inviting you to come and join in that prayer moment as we're, as we're focusing in on whatever the rest of the week. And if you don't have a prayer card, get, get one at, the, at the, um, the guest services table so that you can follow along with the daily prayer that we're doing in the mornings. But a posture of praise is, is that willingness, no matter how it's going, to stay consistent in acknowledging God for who he really is. Psalm 63 verse 3 says this, Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. Because your steadfast love is better than life. We sang just now, For your love is so much sweeter than anything I have tasted. I sang it and I asked myself, is that a true statement? Am I making that statement because it's on the board or am I saying it because it's actually my conviction? And I was thinking there, I'm like, man, I cannot replace the love of God, the walk that I've experienced with God, the closeness and the, 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 the supportiveness of the love of God, but I cannot replace that with anything. Not a, not a chance. It is truly the sweetest thing that you can ever taste. So, it says, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. All right, David was clearly not vegan. So you replace whatever you like in there, you know, like um, uh, broccoli or uh, I don't know, you know, what you will put in there. Like, my soul is satisfied with cauliflower pizza crusts or, (laughs) and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. You know, (laughs) Um, we were, we were. We were riding in the car one day, and um, this uh, hymn came up. This song came up, and the song basically says, uh, "Praise the Lord with sounds of joy." Okay, it's it's an old so- it's an old hymn song, and um, <laughs> and we were listening to it, but what we what we heard and what the words meant was so far disconnected that. Uh, person sitting next to me I won't say who he was but the person sitting next to me says listen to the joy and we were both like yo (laughs) there was no joy (laughs) right so it was just this um and look at me nothing wrong with this song okay I'm not against hymns in fact I love hymns and when we have the capacity as soon as we have the creative ability and and etc we'll be working some of those things into into our sets and 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 we'll celebrate the truth and uh, that comes from it but there has to be a connection between your emotion and what you're actually saying it has to you, you have to be consistent you can't be you can't be like praise the lord with joyous sounds, oh my soul, rejoicing him. Now listen to me. If that is your natural state of being, kind of vegetative, then <clears throat> it's okay. I am perfectly fine with you being consistent with how you're always. But if there's any form or way a smile in your life that you've ever shown anything that was pleasant, please show it to God too. Please let there be a connection between your body, your soul, and your spirit when you are worshiping the king of the universe. The definition of a posture of praise is that it's both a physical position as well as a mental disposition. You we talk about posture, right? So when you're growing up and you're kind of awkward about your length, your height, sorry, that I was, and you're kind of like, you know, you're not a healthy posture person, right? And then later on, you, you realize, okay, this is not going to change and I better watch out for back pain. So you correct your posture. You can have a physical posture that is not praising God while your mouth is praising God. It's like you're disconnected with you. You're not really there when you're doing it. But a posture of pay, praise is not just physical. It's, it's actually, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a mental disposition. And it's almost like it's a willingness to respond with praise, with glorifying, with honor, 
respond to God in a way that will make him great. It's a, it's a readiness to say, Jesus, I, I glorify you. I recognize you in this. This is all because of you. So think of it as something like an attitude towards God of willingness to glorify him. And sometimes we're, we're, we're singing songs, but we're not really entering into praising God. Because if, if, you're, if, if all that, that's happening is you're going through the motions, you're basically reciting something, you're basically singing a song, but you're actually putting no meaning or intent behind it. And that, I have to qualify, is not praise. It's singing along. And <clears throat> even though that's a good start for you to just sing along, God wants more. He wants your heart connecting into that song. And he wants your meaning, every single word that you're saying. Now, when it comes to life, like I said, having this posture of praise puts you in that mental disposition toward God that helps you lead from God's presence and lead from God's power. It enables you to gain the upper hand in life when you're facing many challenges. It goes way much deeper also than just singing on a Sunday because we need God's presence and power almost more on a Monday, right? And on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, come on somebody, you know? <laughs> and on a Thursday, what about a Thursday? Yeah? And what about Friday, just before you kill somebody, before the weekend saves you, right? <laughs> we need God's power and God's presence during the week just as much as we need it right now in our lives. And so a posture of praise, that mental disposition, you carry that with you into the week and it helps you to stay seated with God at the feet of the cross. It helps you tap into that victory on a daily basis. We need it every single day of the week. Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let us offer that sacrifice of praise. I'm going to say a bit about that sacrifice of praise in a, in, a, in a minute. Some of us are tired and depressed and filled with anxiety and uncertainty and fear because of this lack. It's a lack of a posture of praise in our lives. Praise activates God's reality in our life. It makes Him become real to you. So if you don't have that, you carry it all on your own. You fight on your own. You work on your own. You reason on your own. You plan on your own. No wonder you get tired. No wonder you get fatigued by all of the things, the pressures that you have to, you have to carry, the, the things that you're dealing with. Some of us have accepted Jesus in our lives. He is our Savior. But we haven't given Him the full rights to the throne of our lives. And so what happens when He is not fully on the throne of your heart, there's certain areas of your life that you're reluctant to gift over to His control. And then that causes you to still have to carry that by yourself. And so in order to praise, in order to see the, the breakthrough that praise can bring into your life, it is so important that you see Jesus as king, fully king of every aspect of your life, not just half of it. Sometimes we struggle to find peace because of all this. And it's first and foremost because Jesus isn't Lord of all. And so I'm still trying to figure out half my life while yes, I've given you my, my kind of my religious pursuit, but I haven't given you the right to tell me how I need to order my relationships. I haven't given you the right to tell me how to order my workplace, how to order my, my recreation time, how to order my, my finances. And so in every place where you haven't asked God to order your life, you're, you're carrying the full burden. And people wonder why they get anxious and why they get, why they, why, why, why they stress? It's because you haven't fully relinquished that to God and let Him take full control. And sometimes we're just so stuck. We don't even know where we are and for what reason we're here, but we're, we're stuck in a dark pit and we don't know the first thing to do before we can get out of it. 
Let me tell you, praise is one of those first things that you need to start doing. Praise breaks open so that the light can shine into your life. Okay, remember this verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but, by, but in everything, right? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Supplication is, is asking, requesting. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We know that one, and we know the next one that says, and the peace of God that surpasses understanding, or the peace of God that don't make sense, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I thought about this and how many times I've, I've, I've quoted that scripture and, um, <laughs> and started with, even if I would text it to people, i say, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 9. Verse 6 to 9. Don't be anxious about anything. In everything, prayer and supplication, make your wisdom. And the peace of God will, that surpasses understanding, will, will guard your heart and will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And sometimes I would get, get the response back, bro, I've been praying, I've been supplicating, I've been doing everything I know to do, but I'm not getting peace. Have you been there? You've tried to not be anxious. You've tried to pray. You've tried to tell God what you need, but, but peace never came. And I believe that the, the key to that scenario, that conundrum is that, that we don't look at verse 4 and verse 5. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little bit back and start with verse 4. Verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Start with rejoicing. No matter what you're facing, no matter the the circumstance you find yourself in, find a reason to praise God. First, find a reason to praise God and to thank Him for what is going right in your life. It makes your whole mental disposition change towards a readiness to receive from a readiness to acknowledge and glorify Him. The word for rejoice in the Greek there is the word Cairo. Cairo. And it literally means to be full of cheer. To be full of cheer. So imagine yourself in one of those dark moments where you just don't know how to get out of it. It's hard to be full of cheer when your emotions are clearly not there. And so this has got to mean something that's above and beyond our emotional response to a situation. God does not deny our emotions and we cannot hide our emotions. We should not deny our emotions. We should not start and suppress them and just ignore them. That's unhealthy. But, but regardless of the emotion that you are feeling, praise is a decision to acknowledge God. It's a decision to say, despite my reality, I admit that you are still bigger than this and that you are still over all of this. I admit who you are. You are still the king, no matter what is going on in my life. Then it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. It's incredible when you start acknowledging God for who he is. It, it all of a sudden, and you praise God, it's like it balances out your perspective. It's like, yes, my life is kind of in a dark spot right now, but you know what? It hasn't always been there. And it won't always be there. That's Christian maturity. That's reasonableness. It's realizing that the moment I'm feeling myself now, is it going to last a lifetime? It shall pass. And the goodness of the Lord, I will still see it in the land of the living. It helps you remember the promises of God over your life. And so you can let your reasonableness, yes, I'm in a dark place, but I believe that God is still on the throne of my life and he will make all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so my response is, listen to this, the Lord is at hand. God is still here. He's still in my life. He hasn't forgotten me. He hasn't rejected me. He hasn't let me to my own devices. I can still trust him. He is here. Praise does that. Verse 6 then says, do not be anxious for anything, but with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Listen to what verse 8 says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true and honorable, whatever is just, 
pure, whatever is lovely and commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise. Think about these things. But don't just think about it. Verse 9 says, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Practice praise. Practice praise. And the God of peace will be with you. It's one extra, it's another key for us to live the victorious Christian life. And if you will take out all these things, all these tools in your box that, that we've been putting in over the last year, and you start seeing how they work together with each other, all of a sudden you see, man, it just takes me from one level of victory into another level. Practice praise and the God of peace will be with you in combination with your prayer and, and the things that we've been speaking about. Here's what happens when you start praising God regularly every day. Now, I'm not saying, you know, break out Pavarotti. Um, how many of you know Pavarotti? Y'all know? It's, it's not, oh, we've got some cultured people over here. Just let me see your hands again. I, I would just like to acknowledge all the, I'm just messing. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You'll get to know me. I'm a little, little naughty. Um, not too much though, okay? I, I know how to let my reasonableness be known to all men. I'm just, <laughs> okay, I need to stop. Um, <clears throat> Pavarotti was a, um, Luciano Pavarotti, he was an Italian opera singer, and he had this thunderous, amazing voice, he, um, and uh, um, he, was just, he was just a legend in the opera uh, uh, you know, world. Um, praise doesn't mean that you have to become Pavarotti. You don't even have to sing every single day, but I'm encouraging you to do it. Praise is utterances that glorify God. That's essentially what praise is. It is words. It is you saying. And listen, it's better that you hear yourself saying it than you just hear yourself think it. It's better that you hear yourself saying, Father, I think you're greater than this situation. And I'm going to acknowledge that you have a solution for me. Lord, I just want to say that I'm so thankful for how you have made this thing happen how you've been with me. I, I just want to honor you because I know because of, without you, none of this would have been. That's all praise. It's acknowledging God, rightfully acknowledging God for everything. So here's what happens when you start doing that as a habit. First thing, praise invites his presence. Praise invites God's presence. Psalm 22, 3 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. Another, another translation says, he's enthroned upon the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praise of his people. It's like when you enter into praise, you're entering into his presence. Psalm 100 says this, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Enter into his presence through praise. The second thing that happens when you start praising is you invoke God's protection over your life. Psalm 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous man runs into it and he is safe and he is safe. Okay, I thought that was very small. You can at, at, least, at least read it. Here's what's happening. The minute you start praising God, you're enthroning God upon your praise. You're putting Him large and in charge over the affairs of your life. What does a king do over the affairs of his life? He starts ordering it according to his will, doesn't he? And when you enthrone God upon your, in your life, the, uh, the heart of your heart through your praises, you're inviting his influence. You're inviting his activity. You're inviting him to come and bring order, his order in your life. You're invoking the protection of God. Things that are out of order, he's going to start working on. He's going to start moving things about. He's going to start speaking to you about things that you need to change in order to bring yourself under his full governance. Listen to me, the kingdom of God is not a religious system. It's more like a governmental system. And if you think about God and the kingdom of God and the angels and all those things, don't think of a worship service. Rather think of parliament. 
Rather think of a government that is organizing the affairs of their children and their citizens within that domain. And if you are a Christ follower, you have become a son in that kingdom. And so now the new king domain, the new domain of the king and all of the, all of the, the protection and the benefits and all of the, the privileges of that kingdom gets conferred upon you, not because of your work, but because of your citizenship. Just because you're a part of it. It gets conferred upon you. Look, y'all have certain privileges that I don't in this country. I'm I'm, I'm an immigrant, but it didn't come through Mexico. (laughs) Y'all can do certain things that I can't. Why? Because you were born here. And only that. And I wasn't. And so now I'm still trying to convince them to, you know, see me as somebody who wants to live here. And, and after that process is taken, it's, you know, then I will be con- I'll be conferred because I had some intrinsic benefit. No, they don't recognize that necessarily. All they see is intent. You want to be here. And you, you, you know, you're kind of adamant <laughs> and willing to pay a lot of money and, and, and go through a lot of effort. And then after a while, you know, they'll just see kind of, you, you understand what you're getting involved in. And after that, they'll say, all right, good. Now you're a citizen. And when you're, once you're a citizen, without, without further like, you know, um, uh, uh, performance, I get all your rights. And I wasn't even born here. That's how a government works. And the kingdom of God is more like a government than it is a worship service or a, or, or a church. In fact, the church, the word for church, we've covered this, is the word ecclesia. And the ecclesia of God isn't the church service of God. No, it's the government of God in a particular area. It's to order that area's affairs to match and to mimic what is happening in heaven, what is happening with the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm getting off on it too much. But the bottom line is when the king steps into a situation, he starts taking charge. And he starts changing things so that it follows his will. He's the ruler. It needs to do, go according to, as to, as to, according to what he says. And so you enthroning him on your life, enthroning him in your life through your praise, is inviting his rulership into your life so that he can fight for you. He can order things for you. He can prepare things for you. And you can walk into what we call providence. It's when you hit the favor of God. You just walk into something and it's working out or you just walk into a deal and it was like prepared for you. You start searching for a house and the person goes, shows you something. You're like, my goodness, we've been searching forever. And now all of a sudden, boom, it's like, it's like God knew exactly what we needed. Praise brings that into your life. The third thing that happens is it places us in a place of humility. When Jesus is enthroned, we stoop down to bow before him. He is the king. And when we remember our dependency on him, he's like the ultimate gentleman. The minute you say, give that back to me, he says, here you go. He's not going to fight for governance of your life. It's something you have to decide consistently to give to him, to acknowledge him as Lord. That's why 1 Peter 3.15 says, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. He is not automatically just that. Though he is it, but you still have to acknowledge it for it to actually um, affect your life in the way that he desires to. Because if you keep doing your own will, that's going to affect your life, not, not God's will. We can't throw away human responsibility in this equation. That's the way he designed this place. Your actions matter. And so you have to decide daily to acknowledge him as the king. In your life. So it brings us into a place of humility where we can acknowledge him fully. And look, when you're humble, like my kid, right? I mean, Gray, right now. Like if any of you ask him who's the strongest, he's going to say it's my dad. That's just what it is. Okay, and no point in trying to convince him. Um, It's futile. That's the place where God wants each and every one of us to be at. He wants us to be at that place where we just fully acknowledge him like a child without considering the fact that, yeah, some things didn't make sense. Or what, we acknowledge the truth over reality, and we still acknowledge him regardless. 
Praise gets our focus off ourselves and it gets it back on God. It's another key, man. It's like if we constantly focus on our abilities and our, then we're always going to have too little. We're always not going to feel ready. Come on now. You know, we live in such an age of self-promotion that um, like everybody's focus is on themselves and how they can, and how they can, you know, push themselves forward in life. In fact, God wants us to have a greater focus on glorifying Him, glorifying Him. Psalm 150 says this, Praise Him for His mighty deeds and praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him, His excellent greatness. Get your focus on Him and on who He is. The fourth thing is praise releases his power. This is amazing. Paul and Silas, they've been imprisoned. They're uh, um, literally shackled, not just to, 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 to chains, but they're shackled to guards. They're shackled to guards. They're in a jail. <laughs> okay, so it's like jail door, guards, chains. It's like the, the most that you can capture somebody. <laughs> and what do they do? They're just sitting there praising Jesus. Like at midnight, the Bible says, they were, they were praying and singing hymns to God. But their hearts were connected to those words, right? That the prisoners were listening to them. Everybody was listening to them. So it wasn't like, they were praising the Lord. Everybody was hearing to them up pity those two guys that were sitting next to me. Like, I can totally see that they got some elbow punches there to like, shut up. And <clears throat> no, we weren't going to shut up. They were praising God. And suddenly the Bible says there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Listen to me. It wasn't just Paul and Silas's chains that broke off and doors that opened. The whole prison became dysfunctional in every bit of security mechanism just failed. In one moment, the praise of two men brought liberty to a whole group of people. Now, don't worry. The Bible does say that they didn't run away. And eventually, you know, what was right happened. Okay. Um, and, and the guards were about to kill themselves. But they said, no, 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 don't worry. We're all still here. Such was the presence of God in that place that people were even afraid. Criminals were even afraid to break the law by escaping. They were struck by the presence of God because of two men who were in the darkest moment just praising God. Think about your family. Think about the people you're trusting God for who are in bondage, who are struggling to go, who are, who are, who are shackled. Like they've got these perspectives in their minds, sin that, that's holding them and, and they can't break free. And you've prayed, you've, you've counseled, you've preached, you've judged, you've tried everything <laughs> to get them to change. Stop praising God. Start praising God. And don't stop until breakthrough comes. Praise changes hopelessness into hopefulness. Isaiah 63 verse, 61 verse 3 says this, Grant those who mourn in Zion to give them beautiful headdresses instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garments of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Of a faint spirit, sorry, there was a different translation. That they may be called, look at this, oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. Not those water oaks, the guys, they, 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 they talk about their live oaks, okay? Those ones that stay in hurricanes, they don't fall over, all right? They may lose a, a, a branch or something here and there, but that's just, you know, that's good. It was a dead branch anyways. Um, they stay planted, oaks of righteousness, why? That the Lord may be glorified. That the Lord may be glorified. Not so that I can go and say, look how good I was. No, that the Lord may be glorified to, through my life. When we do praise like this, it takes our focus off of our surroundings and our problems and it sets our gaze on Him. He is our solution. He is our solution. He is our breakthrough. 
Second Chronicles 20 verse 22, the Israelites are engaged in, a, in, a, in the fight of their lives. They are outnumbered four to one. There is just no way that they win this battle that they're faced. And the king at the time inquires of the Lord, do you want us to fight or do you want us to give up? What is coming at us? And God says to that person, fight, but listen carefully. Go out with your worship, with your your, 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 your priests and your worship leaders go out with them first. So the next morning, the king organizes his army. It's not the foot soldiers first like we see in Braveheart. No, it's the worship band. They broke out, broke out the, the tambourines and the drums and the, you know, the lyre, lyres and what, how do you pronounce that? They broke out the music instruments and that was the first line of attack. And here's what the Bible says. When they began to sing praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Praise activates the armies of heaven on your behalf to fight battles that you have no power to overcome in your life and in the people's lives that you are, you are fighting for in prayer and intercession. Add now praise. Add praise to prayer. We have this, um, this, this armband we call Pray First. Pray First. And I want to I not challenge it because I think it's, it's actually perfectly in line with it. Instead, before we start asking in prayer, we first need to acknowledge who it is that we're speaking. That's praise. So when you start praying to God, don't, don't, don't just skip to the grocery list. In, in fact, put that off for a little while. God knows your needs even before you ask. What he wants to know is your heart still in alliance, uh, allegiance to me. He first wants to know, are you still seeing me who you're praying to? Are you still seeing me as your, as your king, your only solution, your salvation? Are you, where are you at? And by praising God in prayer, we're saying, Lord, I honor you. You're the king of kings and the Lord. Of, you are the Lord of my life. Whatever you say, go God. Now he knows who he's talking to. He's talking to a son. He's talking to a son that's come in faith, not in works, not in religious effort. He knows, he's, he, he knows he's talking to someone who knows that their righteousness is based on their sonship, which was gained by grace, not by performance. And so he responds. He responds. He responds to faith like that. So that's why we got to have a lifestyle of praise. Because it has to materialize in every aspect of your life. Coming on a Sunday and singing and praising God here just isn't enough. But by the way, please never think that we're just singing for the sake of starting. In fact, I don't want you guys to miss the first song. I know we come and we visit and it's fun and it's like, you know, wow, all of a sudden I have some friendly people, you know, and I want to connect and all that. But look, when that, when that, when that thing out there, the, the speaker out there starts booming, come on in. Because we're about to glorify the King of Kings. We're about to sing praises to the Almighty God and you don't want to miss the first song. We only have four. And that's after we increased it with one because we, all, we used to have only three. But it's such an integral part of our worship service that I want to encourage you when the thing goes boom, chicka boom, you better come on in. So I apologize this morning. It was actually when I went out there 30 seconds beforehand, it hadn't been turned up yet. And so I went and just put it full blast. And next minute Kathleen starts talking. But please hurry on in. Because we want to worship the King together. We want to give Him what is due His name. We don't want to skimp on that. We don't want to treat that as second hand. No. He wants to know, where is your heart at? What did you come here for? I came here to lay my life down for you. To worship you with everything on the inside of me. But that needs to continue in our attitude, in our disposition. And that's why we talk about a posture. A posture of praise that continues throughout the week. What happens when you buy a music instrument and you never practice on it? 
right? You never master it. And so one day when somebody says to you, hey, well, you know, we need, we need somebody to play us a song, then you just go, well, I can't. Oh, did our thing break again? Sorry about that. The battery. It's all good. Um, if you never take regular effort to build systematically your skill in something, then you don't master it. And when it's needed, you can't use it. You can't use it. And, and I've, I've thought of that in, in, in light of music, but it's also true in light of, of you know, serious things. If you think of buying yourself a weapon for protection, but you never actually practice on that thing, the day you need it, you're not going to be fast enough. Or you're not going to know, oh, snap. It's not, it's not working. If you want this to work, you need to be about it. You need to be regular on it. And praise is like that. Thank you, sis. By the way, everybody, my own, my own personal sister from South Africa. Praise is like that. We think it's optional and we think it's only for events or, or when times are really hard, according to what I've just said now. Like, no, it's not just for those times. In fact, it, it's, that would be like buying an instrument and putting it down or just picking it up once every now and then and going, you know, ding, ding, ding. And basically what you can play is Mary as a Little Lamb. You know, we've been having this recorder at our house and everybody's playing Mary as a Little Lamb on it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Can somebody slaughter that lamb and get it out of our lives? <laughs> Mary don't have no lamb no more, okay? <laughs> she gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, ate <her. laughs> we ate her. Yeah, because we do love lamb. Seriously. We, it's the best meat out there, really. <laughs> Consistency is the key. It's learning how to praise God in every moment for the good, for the bad, for the ugly. Find a reason to make an utterance of praise, to say something good about Him, to express your thanksgiving, your appreciation to Him. Preparing for life's challenges is best done during times of peace. You don't prepare for war when, you know, the attack has started. No, you prepare for war when there is not even talk of war. So that the minute war starts, you can respond. Okay, and it's like that in life. Don't start praising God when you have a great moment or now start praising God just when it's going bad. No, it has to become a habit. It has to become a lifestyle. That's why it's a posture. It's a consistent readiness, a mental uh, disposition toward it. Yeah. I praise God every day yeah. and multiple times in a day. I'm not saying that, that that's what I do. I think that's, what, that's kind of the mental attitude we should all have, that we would praise God every day. I am going to praise God every day. We sing that other song that says, mm, uh, Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me praising your name, no matter what comes. That's my, my desire for us, is to be a people of praise that honors and glorifies God all the time because he is worth it. <clears throat> A friend of ours lived with this principle, having praise always on her lips. In good times, bad times, in mundane times, mad times, fantastic times, she just always lived with God's praise on her, on her mouth. Then one day she opened the door to a police officer who told her that she'd lost her her husband, and both her sons in a car accident. And she says, the first thing that came out of her mouth was, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And that has just been a refrain in her heart. But listen to me, if she had not lived with praise on her lips, that moment praise would not have come out. 
because praise came out in that moment. She was able to go through that traumatic experience. She is now able and still is able to minister to people and to, and to, and to uh, glorify God with everything. She was not completely destroyed by that situation, even though struck down and, and, and hurt, absolutely. But it's praise that preserves you in those acute moments of trauma. Get it on your lips continually so that when strategy strikes, you will continue to release praise. Invite the presence. Invoke the protection. Get God's order going. Humble yourself so you can acknowledge Him so that hope may arise in your heart no matter what you're facing. How do I make praise a habit? It's easy. No, no, no. I'm restating that. It's not easy. It's simple. It might be very difficult, but it's simple. First, replace complaints with declarations of his promises. Refuse to complain. Guys, I know that there's a lot to complain about. Like, I want to complain every now and then. I love me a good old pity party, right? Because I do like attention. Um, and, and that's nothing gets attention like a little bit of self-pity, don't it? But that's just something that you've got to reject out of your life. Don't allow self-pity to be your source of encouragement and attention. There is a God who can be present in your life that wants to take that place for you. But you've got to release that praise. Refuse to complain. And, and <clears throat> I mean, there's so much to be negative about. I know. But it's still a choice to, to, to make that your attitude. You choose what kind of attitude you show up with. We do. We think it happens to us. They don't. I should say it doesn't, but you know, I've been in Louisiana for too long. I'm saying that because my sister afterwards is going to go, brother, it's, it's doesn't. It's not don't. Yes, I know. I know. Shame on me. Psalm 32, 34 verse 2 says this. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble be here and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Man, we, pre- we preached about this just a short while ago. God does not, God is not silent. If you don't hear God, it's because you're not tuned in. He's always broadcasting. Always. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. But look again what it starts off with. Come on, let's join in praise. Praise him with me, right? So he's he's acknowledging that God is the solution, turning his attention to the one who can get him out. The second thing, first thing, don't, 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 don't let your mouth be filled with complaints and negativity the whole time. Replace it with God's promises. Declare his goodness. Declare who he is. Just even his character and his nature. Just saying, Lord, you are the God that saves people. And so even though that person has rejected you, like just now a short while ago, I read a person who used to be in our ministry on Facebook saying, there is no such thing as God. It's an illusion. My heart breaks. I'm like, no, you were there. Why are you now here? I'm like, in that moment, I was just like, Lord, I praise you. You can turn even the hardest heart around. You can turn that heart around. I praise you. Second, replace the what ifs with God's wills. How many of you have battled some what if scenarios? What if I got fired? What if the business don't work? What if, you know, we flood again? What if, you know, Biden gets reelected? What if, you know... You know, silly things like that. Come on. Don't get all religious on me. Y'all are, many are stressed about that. Some's going, what if Trump gets reelected? You know, you, 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 you're, you're always reminding yourself, how old is he again? <laughs> like, there should be an expiration date, right? Seriously, you know, you don't want somebody in their 90s standing for prison. Uh, but those what-if scenarios can, can make you become so depressed and negative and almost expect 
expectant of harm. No, what we do with what-if scenarios is we replace them with God wills. God will do this. You find a word. You find the promise in the word. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts, is in, my heart trusts in him. He will help me. He will help me. Therefore, my heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him. Yes. Psalm 16. I will praise the Lord who advises me. My conscience warns me at night. I will always keep the Lord in front of me. And when he's at my side, I cannot be moved. The Lord will keep me standing. That is why my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. And so my body rests secure. Peace. Praise especially when it's hard to do it. I want to take a couple of minutes. This is a friend of mine from South Africa. She just shared such a sweet message on Facebook. Can we share that, that quick uh, the, the video about, uh, this is Cleo Carolison, and um, she, uh, she tagged me in this, and so I thought I would use it to just, just communicate a heart to always praise God no matter what. Let's, let's hear. Good morning, family. My name is Cleo and this morning I have the amazing privilege of sharing this morning's devotion with you. This morning I will be speaking out of Hebrews 13 verses 15. And what it says is, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that openly profess His name. A sacrifice of praise. If we look at any situation we find ourselves in, God is calling us to praise Him. That's saying, you know, God, it costs me everything to lift up Your name, a sacrifice. It's to look beyond ourselves. It's to praise Him beyond our feelings, our understanding, our will and our emotions. This is where our soul, where true worship reaches out to Him. This is where Praise costs us everything. As believers, as non-believers, it's, it's easy to worship. It's easy to get into that space where we can lament or cry out, God, we need you. God, we love you when things are going great. God, we love you. But here it's saying it's, it's a sacrifice. It's even when the going is tough. It's even when things don't look good. It's even when there's a pandemic out there and things are absolutely crazy and we sacrifice, we lay it down and go, God, I do not feel like this. Um. I do not feel like lifting my voice, but I will because you called me to. It costs us something. It costs us sometimes everything. We do not see the answer. We do not see the breakthrough. God, you're not answering us the way you, we want you to. But it costs us something to lift up his name and say, God, because you are good, because you are kind, because you are merciful, because you are loving, I will praise you. Even though I do not understand, I will praise you. So this morning, I encourage you, wherever you find yourself, however you find yourself, whatever state you find yourself in, we find ourselves in, that even when it costs us everything, that we will give it to him because it cost a father much. He sacrificed his son for us. Jesus sacrificed his life for us by dying on the cross. And when we are going through turmoil, even when things are great, we can turn around and go, God, you are good. I don't feel like this right now. I do not see it right now. I do not understand right now, but you do. And I trust you. And I lay this down before you and I will praise your name because you are worthy. I trust that this word will encourage your heart. That even when it is tough, that you know that God is good. That he is faithful. That he is loving. And that he is kind. God bless you. Good morning, Amen. family. Good morning, Cleo. Can we stand together? I want to, I want to minister to you a, a verse today. I want to read it to you. And I want you to open your heart to this spirit that Cleo speaks of. And, and as it's represented here in Habakkuk. 
And then I want to pray over you. Habakkuk 3 verse 17 says this, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the, yield, the fields yield no food, that, that the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I'm, I'm happy that it doesn't say I will have joy. It says I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. And He makes my feet like the deer's. And He makes me tread on the highest places. Let us pray today. And if, if you have been in that place where you're just, you're just so down in the dumps. You, you have no hope and you've been trying to hold on. But I believe God wants to give you today this key. He wants to impart it into your soul so that you will walk out here and you will be able to practice praise no matter what. If that's you, won't you raise your hand so we can pray specifically over you today. This is something that, that you've just known, man. I, I, I've slacked on this. I, I've not been faithful and really truly just praising God. I want you to take a minute this here this morning as well and, and, and just come and talk to God and make that commitment together. Lord, I will praise you. I will praise you in the good and I'll praise you in the valley. Can we do that together? And then I want to invite you as, as we've completed that prayer, I want to, I want to, open up the, the front here for anybody that wants us to pray with them and, and praise God with them to kickstart that, that new lifestyle of honoring Him. That when we're done, just come, just, just come forward and let us pray over you. Everybody's going to kind of fizzle out and, 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 and go about the day, but if you need us to help pray with you, don't leave this place today before you've allowed us to pray with you. And just bring the things before the Lord that you need prayer in. So let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, you saw the people who raised their hands, raising their hearts in desperation before you. Father, we want to praise you that you are the God that is present. You are the God that sees the broken heart. You're the God that does not despise us when we go through tough things. You're the God that aren't afraid of our doubts. You're the God that don't get offended when we are weak. No, you're the God that comes and fills up every one of those places. You're the God that undergirds us in our faith. You're the God, Lord, that, that always has grace for us, Lord. You say in your word that a, a broken and a contrite heart you will not despise. You say that if we draw closer to you, that you will draw close to us. Lord, we're here, we're drawing close to you. We're coming and saying, You are awesome. You are our everything, Father. We have given up everything to follow you, Lord, because you are worthy. You deserve so much more. You deserve that the whole world should bow their knee and acknowledge you as Lord and King because that is who you are. But you are also Father who knows us intimately, who wants to walk with us closely. So we, we just honor you, we glorify you and we appreciate you, Lord, that you're such an accessible God. We praise you, God, that you have solutions and that you have breakthroughs for us here today. And so every person that's coming with a request, every person that's here that, that says, Lord, I need you. Thank you that you're going to be that God to them. The God, all, the almighty God that fears nothing and nobody, to whom no circumstance is too big, who never sleeps or slumbers, who is always right there in the moment, in an instant moment, to reach out and to raise us up. And so we pray now, Lord, that you raise these people up. Lift up their faith, Lord God. Lift up their hope again in Jesus' name. Let them see you as the solution. Let them see you for who you truly are. You say, I am. You are everything we need.
you are every breakthrough we need. And so we look to you and we confess that. And if you raised your hand, I want you to confess that. Say, Lord, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. You are going to be my king. You're going to be my protector. You're going to be my savior. You're going to bring the breakthrough. I trust in you. I trust in you. Father, we just want to recommit our lives to honoring you first and foremost. We want to recommit our lives so that our lives will have the primary objective of glorifying you first and foremost above all of our pursuits, Lord God. We would like you to be glorified, you to be known through our lives that people might say, wow, God is with that person. That people might say, and that God is a good God. Let us go together and join them in serving that God. Father, we want to make your name great among the nations. So Father, we pray that you instill in our hearts that posture of praise here today. We pray that in the name of Jesus.